This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I'm Damian Bulwa. Today on Fifth and Mission, San Francisco's controversial plan to rename schools. In a move that inspired cheers from some and condemnation from others, the city school board voted this week to toss 44 school names. Each was deemed unworthy or offensive, many of them tied to histories of slavery or oppression. But some of the names in particular, Abraham Lincoln, for example, and Dianne Feinstein, have angered critics of the plan who call it unnecessary and a distraction during the pandemic. Joining me to talk about the renaming debate is the Chronicle's education reporter, Jill Tucker. Thanks for joining me again. Sure. Happy to be here. So, Jill, you've been covering this for a while. It's obviously a very important issue, in part because we're going through a reckoning in this country over racism and institutional bias uh, with Confederate statues sometimes coming down, sometimes being toppled. Tell us how this came about in San Francisco and how this process has come about. Sure. So it actually goes back a couple of years when the school board uh, decided to take a look at some school names. You know, back then we were still, uh, you know, addressing some of the Confederate statues and and things like that. And and so they 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 decided to create a committee that would take a look at the names and come up with suggestions of names that should be changed. And of course, you know, maybe there were some obvious ones like um, George Washington, who was a slave owner, Thomas Jefferson, a slave owner, um, you know, some some racist characters, um, conquistadors, uh, Father Sarah, uh, things like that, where maybe some of them were Francis Scott Key, that who, whose whose lyrics have gotten a lot of attention in recent years. People didn't even know. about. Yeah, uh, exactly. So so a lot of these, you know, names have have some, you know, connections to a very disturbing racist past in our country. Um, and so they 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 created that resolution two years ago, but they didn't really start dealing with it or or creating the task force until early last year. Um, and so during the pandemic, the, the committee met uh, online and went through all the names of the schools and basically using criteria that looked at anyone connected with racism or oppression or violence uh, against women um, and and LGBTQ, um, a, a variety of of criteria. They went through all the names. They they looked at at basic research and then decided whether the name um, met their criteria. In the end, it was forty four school sites. The school board voted uh, six to one last night to change the names of those forty four school sites, um, all in one vote. It was not debated individually. Um, and so obviously, you know, I've covered school renamings through my career and one school renaming can often create a huge up uproar, take a long time. I mean, the best example was the Dixie School District in Marin, um, which was eventually changed. But boy, that was a multi-year um, debate and so much emotion and anger. Um, so here we are talking about 44 schools um, in San Francisco. So a, a, a really... Uh, 
interesting issue full of controversy, debate, emotions. Um, last night was no exception. And, um, and, and they did it. I, you know, when I, when I talked to Mark Sanchez, who's on the school board now, and he, he, uh, wrote this um, measure, this resolution two years ago, he even admitted he never, ever thought that there would be 44 names on the list. You know, this went way beyond sort of the basics of what they they considered. But in the end, um, he and a majority of the board voted to uh, change the name of all of them. Yeah, and you've written about this quite a bit, as have a lot of other staffers. I mean, we have Fort Bragg, the the town that is still a debate over whether that should change. But it, it, Jill, you've written a lot about how this is not so much about going through every name, even though it is important to people, each name, and, and saying whether it's yes or no and, and disagreeing about their history. But it's also that larger issue of what does history mean and how important is it to um, to sort of uh, change a name? You had a great image in your story about sweatshirts, where some people use that image to say, I don't want my my child to be wearing a sweatshirt um, that has the name of a slave owner on it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I think that we we as a society are, are doing a lot of rethinking about who we are and our history and, you know, looking at um, ensuring that children are getting a well-rounded education with ethnic studies and and an accurate representation of are historical figures, right? And so, um, you know, there there is no doubt that these people were slave owners or were racists or, you know, um, in in the case of Sutro, uh, you know, our Sutro Baths, uh, named after, he, he refused to allow people of color, uh, Black people, to use the baths. So, you know, these these names that have just become part of our lexicon of the streets we walk down or the places we go visit, you know, have the names of these figures with a very questionable past. And, and that's, that's where it all stemmed from. I think the, the real debate in San Francisco over these names is, is, you know, was there a line? How far do you take it? Who, who should be on that list? And do you look at that person's whole life or just one, one particular incident perhaps that, uh, marred uh, their their lives so much that their names should be taken off of a school. And that, like Diane Feinstein is the prime example of that. Abraham Lincoln and Diane Feinstein seem to be the names that came up over and over again for different reasons. Um, yeah, at first I wanted to ask you whether Diane Feinstein has has weighed in on this. She has not commented. She declined to comment today about uh, the removal of her name off the school. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure what she's thinking today. All right, so she's the former mayor of San Francisco, as as people know, and a, and a senator. Uh, what what was the criteria for for Diane Feinstein to be removed? Yeah, so when Diane Feinstein was mayor, there was a flag display in front of City Hall, and I think there were, if memory serves, about eighteen flags, and one of them was the Confederate flag. Um, this flag had flown in front of City Hall for years and years, even while Moscone was there and others. Uh, Moscone is uh, the name was not changed <laughs> on the list, um, but he. Uh, yeah, so so the flag, the Confederate flag had been flying, a protester tore it down, um, and Diane Feinstein replaced it. Um, and then it was torn down again. She left it off, but replaced it with something else. Um, and and so the committee basically said that there was some ongoing issues related to that incident, that she did not respond immediately, that she she continued supporting 
um, an offensive flag. And therefore, because of that incident, um, her name should be removed from the school. There were a lot of folks, um, parents and families from the school that argued the opposite, saying that they wanted to keep her name on it, that she, um, you know, whether it was uh, women's rights or LGBTQ rights or gun control or other issues, Diane Feinstein has been at the front of, of um, those efforts um, and that her life should be taken as a whole, not just one incident. Um, and her her role in the Moscone milk shootings. Yeah, I mean, she she you know, I mean, she stepped into the role in a very difficult time, and and then became a senator um, for many many years now. So you know, a, a, a very strong role model for women, um, according to the families. But in the end, the committee and the school board agreed to, uh, because of the incident regarding the Confederate flag, to take her name off. All right. Well, I want to take a break and let's talk about where we go from here, because I think people will be curious. We'll be right back right after this on Fifth and Mission. You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited Chronicle access at sfchronicle.com slash pod. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Welcome back. I'm Damian Bulwa, director of news at The Chronicle, joined by education reporter Jill Tucker, we are talking about San Francisco's Board of Education voting this week to remove 44 names from school sites. So, Jill, just to be clear, there are a lot of other schools that still have names on them that are that are not considered um, offensive or that weren't uh, deemed to be. And then there's also names probably with, you know, names like Sunnyside or right. <laughs> things like yeah, that, right? Yeah, things that are... So yeah. which... So are we going to go in that direction? Are we going to get away from names or are we going to find names that um, that may stand the test of time? Well, I think the answer is maybe all of the above. Um, about a third of the schools, uh, school sites will get a new name. And right now, uh, each school community will have until mid-April to come up with a suggested new name. That will go to the renaming committee, which will review the names and then submit recommendations to the school board for the final vote on a new name for each of the schools. Um, so we should have new names um, selected by the end of April, uh, early May. Um, and there, uh, there is a lot of, you know, there's, there's suggestions that are coming in. There are some funny suggestions. There are some very serious suggestions. Um, one of the top suggestions is Barack Obama or Michelle Obama, which is interesting because, you know, we just took the names of presidents off of, you know, virtually all the schools that had a name of president and would be replaced by a name of a president. So, you know, there is some question about, you know, can anyone, any historic figure stand the test of time? Um, I don't know the answer. Well, yeah, that. I mean, you mentioned Barack, you mentioned Barack Obama, obviously. Yeah a pretty beloved figure, at least in San Francisco, but um, has received a lot of criticism about his immigration record in the city. Exactly. 
Exactly. So you immediately wonder. Yeah, and he had, you know, his early views on gay marriage were not uh, clear. And um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's the question, you know, is Barack Obama. I mean, if Lincoln doesn't stand the test of time, you know, because of of his uh, policies related to Native Americans, despite the Emancipation Proclamation, you know, where is Obama in that? Um, the lone no vote, actually, from Kevin Bogus on the school board, his main concern was that he did not want schools named after elected officials. And he wanted that as part of the criteria. And because it wasn't, he voted no. Um, he also had some concerns with some of the names and some of the criteria. But he said his main reason was he he doesn't like schools being named after people um, because they're flawed, which resulted in one suggestion that I heard of naming the school schools God, because that's the only perfect being, apparently. Um, so I'm, today my inbox is full of a lot of suggestions. There is a site where people can make suggestions. There's a lot of, um, you know, poets and other types of literary figures, um, females, you know, Marie Curie, um, Maya Angelou. Um, Amanda Gorman. Uh, maybe, yeah, right? And so uh, the new poet on the on the scene. Um, I also had a suggestion from one reader who said, let's just name the schools after animals, right? Because animals can stand the test of time. And so his suggestion was to name the elementary schools after small animals, the middle schools after medium-sized animals, and the high schools after elephants, giraffes, and other large critters. So, you know, um, okay. another suggestion is to follow New York suit and just name them with numbers. You know, PS1, PS2. Um, I have a feeling that we'll see a combination of uh, historic figures, people. That seems to be the general trend is to continue um, naming schools after people. Um, but I also think we might see some geographic features um, to avoid sort of that controversy or that potential for um, conflict down the road. Um, you know, so so we'll see. It's... Uh, you know, I, I I wouldn't mind seeing a First Amendment high school. That might be all right. Something like that. There you go. <laughs> you know, we, we we sort of laugh. There is some obviously some levity in the debate. But but there's also, you know, a debate within this about the value to the to the kids. Um, and I wanted to ask you about that because you reference it in your stories. But there are people who who see this as a um, a really great experience for kids who are being able to reckon with these things in a real way. On the other hand, there are people who say, hey, we're in the middle of a pandemic. You're spending time and money on something that's not related to the fact that kids are struggling with their education right now. Yeah, I mean, that that sums up a lot of the debate in San Francisco. Um, you know, there I had a parent today you know, saying she's using this as a teachable moment with her son to research new names and their their history and their past and to, to understand the issues connected with the current name. Um, but I have an awful lot of parents as well that are desperate for the schools to reopen and feel like this is an important topic, but one that doesn't need to happen right now. I mean, if the school board started this in 2018 and didn't get around to it until 2020, you know, what's the hurry now, they say. So, uh, you know, it's understandable. The, the cost of this, I mean, I, I think, you know, is another big issue. Um, the district is facing a $75 million deficit next school year. And there's some debate about how much it will cost to rename 44 schools. Um, the district has said their estimate is maybe $10,000 for signage, but that they have not done a cost analysis on this. I did some research on my own of other places. And, 
you know, in Berkeley, they just renamed a school and they're estimating um, for an elementary school, it'll cost about 26000 But in other places for high schools where you're talking about scoreboards and basketball uh, gym floors and band uniforms or anything like that, um, you know, you could you could be talking for a high school into, you know, the millions, um, according to some places. So it'll be really interesting to see how much it actually costs. I think there's still some questions regarding that. Um, but given that, that we're in the middle of a pandemic, people are want summer school, people want, you know, help for these students. Um, I think they're concerned about spending money or time on um, this issue right now. I wonder, too, whether it stops with the schools, Jill, because on the list, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, are Presidio, Alamo, and Mission, which describe about half of the sort of parks and streets and buildings in San Francisco. Well, yeah. So, I mean, that's... when you think about San Francisco, I mean, think about San Francisco. It's named after a saint. Um, you know, Mission is a big part of the landscape, you know, um, and that name is on the list, um, even though, you know, there's Mission Street and there's an actual mission and Mission Bay. And yeah. So, I mean, you know, I think someone pointed out uh, Lincoln High School. Um, is on Lincoln Street. So it's sort of like going to be new name of high school with an address on Lincoln Street. Um, So or nearby, I'd have to look up exactly which street is where Lincoln is. But it's, you know, it's one of those things where we are in a city that it has all these names. I mean, towns have, you know, town of El Dorado and, and, you know, El Dorado, is is it just a common name in California? So, uh, but that's on the list. That'll be changed. Um, so yeah, it's it's it's. I'm not sure we'll have streets changed anytime soon, but uh, Lincoln High will no longer be Lincoln High. Last thing I want to ask you is 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 obviously you know it's an interesting issue, but it's obviously very personal to people. We've seen that. That's why we're talking about it. What was it like? What has it been like at these meetings? Um, how are people internalizing this? How are they taking it? How important is it to them? Is it is it just an issue about names, or for them is it does it is it much more personal? I think this is a really emotional issue, but it depends. Um, I think if we weren't in the middle of a pandemic, it the debate might be a little bit different. Um, I think it's also, you know, when I've covered contentious issues. when school board meetings are in person, it's a very different vibe. It's a lot, you know, when, when the crowd is silenced, you know, in an online format, it's hard to see how many people are there. It's hard to get an idea of what they're feeling. Um, You can't see their faces when they're talking in public comment. Um, But that, but the reality is, you know, there's a lot of emotion here. Last night's meeting, um, there were a lot of issues that addressed uh, that were, that surround racism, um, not just this one. Um, like an incident at Lowell that was a racist incident mm-hmm. that took up a, a couple of hours during the meeting last night. And, the, you know, there's a lot of uh, emotion. There's a lot of grappling with who we are as a country. And that's that's very emotional for a lot of people. But it's also emotional that people are in this pandemic. And, you know, so you can hear sort of the desperation and the, and the frustration um, in a lot of their voices. Um, and, you know, there were a lot of tears from people last night. Um, commenting about this and about the racism at Lowell. Um, and and so it is, it's it's a tough topic for sure. And I think that there, there was a lot of support for many of the name changes, maybe not all, um, 
but uh but yeah it, it was tough it's it's hard to cover these in general it's really hard to cover them online um because i really want to just go talk to people and you know really get what they're feeling to see how, what their emotions are and you know all of that's kind of muted but but like i said there were there were a lot of tears last night all right may i suggest breakout rooms in the school board meeting for reporters <laughs> Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. All right, Jill. Well, well thanks so much and uh, appreciate your continuing coverage on this. Thank you. Thanks to my guest today, Chronicle Education reporter Jill Tucker, to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and thank you for listening. Thank you.